0: husbands, sometimes wives, the people that you live with, those who are closest, are the hardest people to buy for. In order to not hassle with trying to figure it out, instead you're like, we should just not buy gifts for each other this year, we don't need anything, really tired of trying to think of something, garage experts, check them out, incredible gift idea. Taking that room in your house, improving it so it is part of your living space. It is a point of pride in your home. It is a room that if you give somebody a tour of your home, uh, you're like, oh, I was so glad you guys finally made it over. Let's, let's, you know, give you a tour of the house that you actually want them to see the garage the room that they're impressed with the most garage experts it's what they did with my garage they can do it with yours and and Christmas what a great Christmas gift uh, that you can uh, uh, give someone and you give it to yourself as well because it's an incredible improvement in not just the look but the value of your home garage experts under Nick's endorsements ksgf.com also uh, on my Facebook page 1041 Nick Reed you can see um, my transformation of my garage and give you give you a bit of an idea, of course, yours would be customized based on your personal preference in terms of looks and colors and design. Uh, so it's all up to you. It's customizable. It's Garage Experts. Got author of the week coming up here in just moments. It's a great one, The Tragedy of American Compassion. This is actually a book that I read a long, long time ago. But as we have a, you know, we're in the holidays and and there is obviously a lot of focus on helping people. And some of the compassion, particularly when it comes to adults, actually does more harm than good. Uh, and there are, in my opinion, the minority of organizations that seek out to help people actually enable them uh, and uh, and that 's what this book is about and uh, there 's an interesting history to the the way that we here in the United States that we 've actually Evolve from genuinely helping people to where we don't so much. So that is going to be our our author of the week here in moments. Sponsored by ABC Books on North Glenstone, Jason Ryman with the latest news update.
1: A man who was shot in the head at a home in Greene County survived and is now charged with domestic assault and burglary. Greene County investigators say Stephen Bailey Jr. was strangling a woman at that home when her teenage son shot him. A spokeswoman says the boy was not arrested because he was defending his mother and because Bailey told him he was going after him next. Bailey was connected to an arson at that same home in April. He's been involved in 15 domestic assaults in Greene County since 2006. A third round of testing has found no harmful radioactive contamination at a Missouri elementary school. Jetta Elementary School in Florissant closed last month after testing by a private company found contamination. The private study was funded by lawyers whose clients are suing over radioactive contamination in nearby Coldwater Creek. The Army Corps of Engineers followed up with its own study that found no contamination. The Hazelwood School District then ordered a third round of testing from SCI Engineering. The St. Louis Post dispatch Thatch reports that an official with SCI told the board Tuesday night that the building and grounds are not contaminated. Matt Moyer reporting. The Justice Department says it's investigating whether Missouri has violated civil rights laws by needlessly institutionalizing adults with severe mental illnesses. I'm Jason Rima Springfield's Talk, 104.1.
0: First alert forecast, mostly sunny, 47 for a high today, a slight chance of rain, snow tonight down to 21, mostly cloudy with a chance for flurries in the morning tomorrow, high of 32 Saturday, sunny 40, Sarah Myers.
2: Switcheroo. We're like know, seeing each do. other face to face now. Hi. I don't know. How. I'm going to look it. I know. It makes me very uncomfortable. It's weird. I'm used to looking at the back of your head. I know. But it's... you need a haircut, by the way. Uh, I have one <laughs> scheduled for tomorrow. Oh, well, there you go. Hey, real quick, I want to tell you about my friends over at the Pyramid Roofing Company. You know, believe it or not, but winter is right around the corner, which means that the weather is going to get colder. We're going to have snow and ice, and we're going to be spending a lot more time indoors. Now, we need to make sure that our roofs are in tip-top shape to keep us away from all of that colder weather and what better way to do it than call my friends over at the pyramid roofing company and schedule a roof inspection now josh and the pyramid roofing company they can come out give you that free estimate get on your roof take photos do the inspection and make sure that your roof is in tip-top shape as we move into that colder weather and if it isn't they can get you on your schedule and make sure that you are prepared for this winter season now you can find all the contact information for josh and the pyramid roofing company how KSGF.com, under the Sarah's Endorsements tab.
1: Now the latest traffic. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk
0: 104.1. Springfield Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. It is time for Author of the Week, sponsored by ABC Books on North Glenstone, just south of Kearney. And our author this week, Marvin Olasky, a senior fellow of the Discovery Institute, author of 28 books, including the book that we are highlighting today, The Tragedy of American Compassion. Thank you for being with us. And, I mean, how on earth can, can compassion be a tragedy?
3: Well, compassion itself is a real good thing. The book you're talking about, The Tragedy of American Compassion, uh, title comes from what's happened with uh, helping poor in America, the way we've moved away from compassion and set up a governmental program, big governmental programs that, Often don 't work and uh, don't give people in desperate need any personal attention or or help so you pass out some money, but often you don't deal with the uh, the deeper problems that some people in poverty have
0: uh, th- this book has has been out for some time and i'm familiar with it. It was actually uh, real eye opening for me as i uh, really transform from somebody that recognized the difference between efforts and and uh the world of make believe and and the way I wish things were versus the reality and and meaningful results and we see so much of it uh, so often and and there are some folks here in the area and organizations that do. What it is that you talk about and you focus on and and that is the difference between just handing somebody something thinking that that's compassion versus uh, actual genuine compassion and one of the things that I think is interesting is the historical component to this because I think most people when they think of compassion. They think of the that it's always been the way that it is uh today that it's handing somebody something, but actually right here in america there's been a an evolution of what we've considered compassion
3: Well, that's right. What works and what has worked historically is uh offering help that's challenging personal and spiritual and we had lots and lots of organizations all around the country that uh, that did get. Uh, did that consistently for a couple of centuries starting really in a big way in the in a little way in the 1930s a big way in the 1960s we moved away from challenging personal and spiritual help to stuff that's just uh, uh, bureaucratic uh, impersonal and what's really important often tries to uh, ban God from the premises uh, you know poor people rich people both both need uh, spiritual help and both need community, Uh, when you just give money to someone who is stuck in a place and uh, often at least when it comes to homelessness, uh, often without connections with family or community, you're often making things worse. You're giving people money that could be used for uh, illegal drugs or alcohol, but you're not doing what people really need. That is a personal touch, personal relationships, uh, community with others. And the reason I'm really glad to be talking with you in uh, in Springfield is because there's an organization in Springfield that I've become familiar with uh, called Eden Village that actually does that for homeless people. It's um, uh, been around for a half a dozen years in one location. Um, It's now moved to, uh, uh, it's now continuing that uh, uh, Springfield Village on, um, on Brower Street. But it's also uh, – there's now there's no one also at uh, – I'm just looking at uh, my notes here. Uh, yeah, there's one on, on Brower Street. There's there's another one on East Division. So, you know, West Brower, East Division, uh, not huge organizations, but small ones where there's actually personal help offer. One of them, I think, has 32 homeless people, formerly homeless people there. One that's uh, just opened up has 24. But in a town like Springfield, which has maybe – at least from what I'm told, 200, 300 homeless people, that's actually making a, a difference for them and can make a difference for more.
0: Why does that make a difference? Why is it that the the results seem to be there in an approach like that as opposed to like we see so many people just handing cash out the window at a at an intersection to somebody that has a cardboard sign saying homeless and hungry?
3: Yeah, the problem is handing out cash at an intersection, various studies have shown that often 90% of that money goes for drugs or alcohol. So with a lot of good intentions, uh, people who hand out the money that way are just making things worse. Uh, Eden Village has these tiny houses that the individuals live in, but there's community there. Uh, They know the people next door, the staff members help them, they deal with the deep personal problems that some of these folks have, and particularly the just catastrophic loss of community. When people are alone and all alone, uh, there's often the tendency to solace yourself with uh, with alcohol or drugs. It just makes the thing worse. What Eden Village does is tries to bring people into community, have people who know them, and uh, can offer challenging personal and, and spiritual help rather than just you know, handing out a few dollars that, again, often goes for destructive purposes.
0: We're talking with our author of the week, Marvin Olasky, sponsored by uh, ABC Books on North Glenstone. A lot of folks who, you know, that will run for office and uh, become part of uh, certain institutions that oftentimes are closely associated with government, and uh, you know, surely some of those people have the same mentality and attitude. They really genuinely want to help, but it seems as if, at least in terms of again results, anytime you have a community that pledges, um, you know, uh, eighty million dollars uh, in order to find housing for the homeless, it seems to increase the homelessness. It it does the opposite. Why is it? What's the difference um, I- I- between a successful run? uh effort by people who care versus government for example who surely have some people that care and want to see meaningful results yet they don't seem to come to fruition
3: yeah there are a lot of people who care in in government it's not that these are are bad folks but they are uh at least in big cities and sometimes even in smaller places they are overwhelmed by the numbers the people uh become numbers rather than real human beings i mean i've seen that in Boston, Texas, where I live, and, you know, New York, Chicago, all over the place. I'm hopeful that in smaller communities, smaller cities like, like Springfield, uh, there can actually be the personal touch. You can offer a direct challenge, uh, help people to get jobs, to get their problems uh, dealt with instead of, well, again, well-intentioned, often treating people like pets. You know, you put some mm-hmm. food in, like, a, like my dog, put some food in dog bowl, uh, pat him. Don't expect them to do anything, well, people are more than that. We're all made in God's image. We can do a lot, but not if we're just treated as uh as animals to be to be fed and sheltered, but not to have personal connections with and you know we We know that this works the personal connection the community because it worked a lot in America for a couple of centuries. when we have moved away from that that's when our problems have gotten worse rather than better
0: you You break down seven ideas um That are are the effective foundations, the categories, if you will, and and if you explain some of this, you touch on some of them. But there are two specifically I wanted to ask you about. One of them is freedom. How does that play into successfully uh, helping those who are in need, instead of contributing to the the tragedy of American compassion?
3: Well, one problem again, and I just don't know Springfield well enough to see if if it's there. But one problem in some big cities is that there there are uh, lots of restrictions on what people can do. I mean, for example, um, you know, hairdressing is a uh, is a skill, uh, but it's not a skill that necessarily requires years and years of training. But there are lots of places where you can't do you, you, you right. can't do someone's hair and be paid for it unless uh, you go through a particular training program, and get certified. So a lot of jobs that, uh, that people can do and get started and, and move on up are people are prohibited from doing that. They just, they just don't have the freedom for that, and that really hurts. That keeps people from getting on the – you take away the, the first couple of uh, steps on a ladder, and it's hard to go the rest of the way, but that's often what we've done. You know, sometimes – I mean, it's, it's good that people can earn a living wage, but sometimes people start out at not much money. And to prohibit those jobs by increasing the minimum wage beyond what companies are supposed to do, that also takes away freedom, and that just hurts people from getting on that first rung of the ladder.
0: You know, the, the timing of this is interesting. And uh, we were talking the other morning about the Springfield City Council and uh, setting to once again declare Springfield as a uh, as an economic calamity. And, and one of the um, – I, I wouldn't call it a benefit, but one of the things that happens when that occurs is that while it's in effect, individuals, churches, agencies, and not-for-profits are able to provide food and lodging. It's like the, all of a sudden that freedom is allowed to have that one-on-one relationship. And it and you know it, it just seems, again, counterintuitive that we have to get to the point where we're declared a calamity in order for people to have the, quote, freedom to actually help and assist other people.
3: But here in Texas, uh, we had a problem a while ago where a very effective program that fought uh, drug abuse and alcoholism, Team Challenge, was mm-hmm. being told, "No, you can't. You can't uh, be counselors because you haven't gone through 78 hours of sitting in a classroom." Well, the counselors in Team Challenge are people who were right. addicts and alcoholics themselves. They know more about it than someone mm-hmm. who just gets classroom training. But take away their freedom, and you're hurting a lot of the people who you uh, supposedly are trying to help. Why?
0: Well, let me ask first, because I, I mentioned I wanted to uh, have you talk about two of the seven uh, categories here, and one of them is a, a belief in God. Why is that important?
3: Well, a lot of people who are, who are poor uh, have been told often for years and years, that you're pretty worthless. You can't do anything. You're not smart enough. You're not this enough. You're not that enough. One of the things that uh, I know as a as a Christian that I've learned is that everyone's made in God's image. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of us have uh, capabilities and capacities, and it shouldn't be the role of government or the role of you know people who want to be helpful but just uh, think of think of uh, poor people as inferior in some way. They should not be saying you can't do this. You can't do that. No. Our emphasis should be on, on, on what people can do. And I've, I've seen programs where even people who have uh, IQs below 100, even people who have uh, physical problems of various sorts, there's always something people can do. And taking away work from a person uh, is really setting the person into, into a, a worse situation and making the person feel degraded and, and incapable. So it hurts. We're not protecting people in that situation. Uh, we're hurting them by not treating them as people made in God's image and thus capable of of creativity.
0: The final question for our author of the week, sponsored by ABC Books on North Glenstone. We're talking with Marvin Alasky. What drives people to do that? What drives people, for example, you use uh, Teen Challenge, and here you have built-in life experience experts, but then you have people in government that say, no, no. Uh, you have to go through these additional hurdles, you have to go through these obstacles um, in, in order to help people or uh, you know, tr- even training. You mentioned braiding of hair and so forth, a number of these different talents and skills that, that one might be able to pass on to someone else so that they can use that in a meaningful way to improve their quality of life, but then people in government step in and say, no, 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 you can't teach them how to do that. What drives that? personality trait for people to set up those obstacles to others who want to help others in a meaningful way
3: yeah it's a very good question i know that uh i learned a lot as uh as a dad i have four sons and uh there's a tendency sometimes to uh if if you if you don't learn from parenting what's involved there's a tendency sometimes to infantilize people mm-hmm. that is to treat people as incapable well you know dads i think and moms learn that that uh, you got to give children the opportunity sometimes to make mistakes uh and even fail and they learn from that um the you know it may it may be that that uh, that often some social workers with very good intentions are are young they're right out of college they haven't had that parenting experience i've seen that happen sometimes other times uh there's just uh, a Kind of built-in sense of uh, well, there are some people who are superior and some people who are inferior. And the job of a superior person, like a lady bountiful, is to toss out coins to folks. But that's also infantilizing people. Uh, you got to treat people as adults, give them give people the uh, the freedom sometimes to fail, and then you know be there, have a safety net, but not a hammock, so that people can bounce back, but not just uh, you know be defeated once and then figure well, there's nothing I can do. And so I just have to get someone else to help me rather than do stuff myself.
0: Our author of the week, Marvin Alasky, The Tragedy of American Compassion. I really appreciate you being with us today. This is a a subject matter that so often, frankly, it just drives me a little bit nuts because so much of the the money and the effort that goes in, in the name of helping people uh, isn't worthless. It serves a, a value, but unfortunately it's in the wrong direction oftentimes and, and it makes things worse. And and the answers are pretty clear. We've seen them demonstrated. We see what actually works, yet rarely do we seem to focus on that. So a book like Tragedy of American Compassion is is a great place for people to do that. The author of the week again, Marvin Olasky, uh, sponsored by ABC Books on North Glenstone, Springfield's Talk one i I'm Nick Reed.
1: Hear about it. About
0: I, mean, I know it. I'm
3: beating a dead horse here. Talk about it. Talk but about the it. hypocrisy and the double standards kind of unreal. On
1: Springfield's Talk 1041. you You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk One O four one. couple of KSGF.com
0: notations. You got a... Uh, I believe Friday is the wrap-up for our Show Us Your Best Shot. Uh, If you are not familiar with this, we've done it before. So many of you, of course, you've been posting your hunting pics. Why not get an incredible prize for it? If you go to ksgf.com and you find the Show Us Your Best Shot uh, rotating tile, submit your photo. We're going to randomly draw one of them. If it's yours, then you're going to get a $500 gift certificate to Quick Draw Gun. So thank you to them for that. Totally awesome prize just for submitting your video or your pick. And it doesn't even have to be this season. It can be a past season photo if you want. We just uh, would love to get as many of those photos as possible and have as many of you as possible eligible for that $500 gift certificate. And at the same time, Lunch Bunch. We actually had our first Lunch Bunch in a couple of years yesterday at Retro Metro. And it's just absolutely incredible Uh Great food. Service was great. And we're really excited to be partnering with Retro Metro. So you can get registered for that as well when you're drawn. You and up to five of your friends or coworkers will join Sarah and me for lunch on a Wednesday at Retro Metro. But you got to get registered at ksgf.com. You're listening to Nick
1: Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1.
0: Plus in Nixa and also Springfield. Uh, aren't many ways that you can totally, completely change the feel and look of your home for the better than new flooring. And there's no better folks than Floors Plus in Nixa and Springfield, whether it's luxury vinyl planking, carpeting, ah, hardwood floors, different types of hardwood floors as well. Tile and then, of course, plus uh, any sort of tiling, backsplashes, custom tiled bathrooms. There are experts, craftsmen in that as well. Floors Plus and Nixon Springfield 0% financing 12 months right now as well. Floors Plus, find them under Nix endorsements, KSGF.com. First alert forecast mostly sunny today, high of 47. Tonight, slight chance of rain and snow down to 21. Kicking off the weekend Friday, mostly cloudy with a chance of flurries in the morning, a high of 32, sunny 40 on Saturday. There is a dispute regarding the missile that killed two Polish people within the country of Poland. The dispute between Ukrainian President Zelensky and President Joe Biden. Zelensky, on Wednesday, so Biden, of course, came out and said, we don't think that it was Russia. Uh, Ukraine did it. It was an accident, but Ukraine did it. Zelensky said, that on Wednesday, he countered comments of the like, including those from NATO and Polish officials who said preliminary evidence suggests that the explosion that killed the two Poles roughly 30 miles into Poland likely came from Ukraine's air defense. Zelensky told Ukrainian media quote I have no doubt this was not our missile and not our missile strike. This is very interesting set of circumstances because we've been told that questioning Zelensky or anything going on in Ukraine is pro-Putin, siding with the enemy of freedom. Countering Zelensky is, is the sign of a puppet of Putin, is perhaps even treasonous somehow. I mean, it's not, but these are the things that the media and that Democrats have repeatedly claimed. I mean, people even in the media attacking individuals like Tucker Carlson, who just ask questions. There are Americans who have the approach that we live in a world, in a reality where it's very difficult to just accept that one side is 100% evil and the other side is 100% good. That sometimes you get a mixed bag. It doesn't mean that you don't take a side necessarily. Different people have different opinions. But what has occurred when it comes to Ukraine is that we are not supposed to question anything. We are supposed to just whatever whatever taxpayer dollars that Biden wants to send there, we are to send it and not even ask where it goes. It just goes to Ukraine. In fact, when Kevin McCarthy indicated if Republicans get power back, it's not going to be a blank check situation where we just blindly give that country anything that it wants because Biden says so without wanting to know where the money goes. Now, that was twisted into McCarthy threatens to cut off aid. No, that's not what saying it's no longer going to be a blank check means. Blank check means that you just surrender any sort of questioning, any sort of inquiries, that you're like, here you go, do what you want with it. And he simply said, as Congress should. Congress controls the purse strings. I don't care what the cause is. It is completely negligent for the governing body of this country, who is in control of where our dollars get spent, to say, well, we're not going to question where it goes or how it's used or for what purposes. We're not going to demand any accountability whatsoever. And any taxpayer or elected official who says otherwise is a traitor. That's total BS. Now, those of you who – this is the problem with this discussion because the the words that I say now, some are going to say, well, that's pro-Russia and anti-Ukraine. Those of you who – know me know that well before this i've talked in great deal about ukraine because i've been to ukraine i've spent time in ukraine i have friends some of which are still in ukraine some who have fled ukraine that i communicate with still i i developed a love in the very short period of time that i was there spent much of the, the vast majority of the time in the crimean peninsula in Kersh specifically, which was the area that Putin took during the Obama years. So if anything, my bias leans towards Ukraine, but it doesn't have anything to do with being on one side or the other to say, we just want to know what's going on and what should our place be in this. And it's just very interesting that from the moment Biden put his marker on it to some degree, Up until a couple of days ago, Zelensky was unquestionable. And doing so was a sign that you were on the side of the Russians, on the side of Putin. And here you have Biden claiming that what Zelensky is saying is not true. You have Zelensky saying what Biden and NATO is saying is not true. Zelensky is saying specifically that missile did not come from us, while Biden is saying it didn't come from the Russians, and that all the information we have now points to an accident by the Ukrainians. Now, they're not piling on the Ukrainians for it. They're saying ultimately this is still all the fault of Russia, because even if it was, it's seems like our stance is an accident out of Ukraine that only occurred because they are under attack by Russia. But my point here is, and and I, I think the media will follow suit. The same people who said you can't ever question the position of Zelensky are now questioning the position of Zelensky. And it's perfectly okay now. See, they aren't puppets of Putin. They aren't marketers of the Russians. They're asking perfectly legitimate questions, and this is the problem with having a media that is not free in the context of free from bias, free from loyalty, free from politics, and instead doing what people like Tucker Carlson do and saying, is this really what you know? What is our place here? What are the benefits? What are the detriments? Is this something we should be doing? Is Ukraine a country that can be trusted? And by the way, just because it's a country that maybe is corrupt, that in and of itself doesn't mean that you don't get yourself involved. I have a historical photo. It's a it is an actual photo from the original negative of Roosevelt setting between speaking of Ukraine, at the Alta Conference, Churchill and Stalin. Stalin, who at the time had Americans in work camps. So at times, the the right thing history has indicated to do is to help out The enemy, the enemy of my enemy is my enemy. So, you know, simply the acknowledgement that Ukraine may have a little bit of corruption in the government going on does not mean that it doesn't deserve help. But these are the discussions that we should have, as opposed to this side is good, that side is bad, and so if you question anything that the good side says, then that means you're siding with the bad side and you're a treasonous. And that position that the left, the left that has long accused the right of being a warmongering side, the left has, has monolithically taken that approach. And I'm not saying there are some Republicans that that uh, express those same uh, views as well. But the Democrat Party is lock, stock, and barrel in that camp. And the media, of course, is, is there as well. And it benefits no one to demonize intellectual curiosity. And, uh, you know, it's just... This is really interesting, and I'm not sure if this will be noted elsewhere. I'm sure that it will. That the people who said you can't question Ukraine are now telling us what Ukraine is saying is not true when it comes to something that's pretty significant. Springfield's Talk 104.1, I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Remember that, House Theory Realty, Emily Johnson. I recommend you follow her on Facebook. While right now, you may be thinking, well, we're in our forever home, and you may be. One, she does on social media give advice to not just people who are looking to buy or sell homes, but homeowners. One of the things that... Many of you probably notice is that a lot of people, they they may have in the real estate industry their own private Facebook page, and then they have the real estate Facebook page, and it's all about here's a home that I have on the market right now or I'll be showing, and that's that's what they use that for. But Emily Johnson's is so much more comprehensive than that. For example, recently she put tips on if you're a homeowner, hey, winter's coming. Here are some things that you need to do. So it's a great resource for even the homeowner. But the time may come where unexpectedly you need to sell your home or buy another or you know someone who does. And then you can recommend Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Uh, I don't know what exactly he's saying, but Jim Jordan is speaking live right now, and so I do want to go, as he is with the Oversight uh, Committee member, and clearly this is about Republicans taking control of Congress. So let's just join in and and see what it is that he's saying. And if it's nothing that's of great significance, then we'll move on. Before an election, maybe it'd be nice if the FBI and the Justice
4: Department just stayed out of it and let we, the people, decide who we think should represent us, who we think should lead us. That's supposed to be how America works. So this is the focus on the Judiciary Committee, the political nature of the Justice Department, and the linkage now to what was happening with the Hunter Biden story. Again, just 15 days before we have a presidential election. Back we'll today. be happy to answer questions. Any anyone on the committee will be happy to answer questions if you. May. Yes, sir.
1: Are you also putting the FBI on notice for not? bringing and the Department of Justice on notice for not
4: bringing any charges. And, and let me be very clear. Jim said this, but Jim's going to answer that question. The, the Oversight Committee, we are focused on the bank records moving forward. The Judiciary Committee is going to be focused on that, and
1: Jim's going to answer that question.
4: No, we're not putting anybody on notice. We just want to get the truth. I mean, that's why we issued the 1,000-page report two weeks ago. That talked about, so I've been in Congress a few years now. I've never seen anything like it. Fourteen agents come talk to us while we're in the minority about how political that place has become. Talking about the purging going, on. these are terms they use, not we, purging going, on, purging of of agents. The pressure to categorize uh, cases in a political fashion. um, The putting the threat tag label on moms and dads who show up at school board meetings. We know of over two dozen parents who were investigated. No one charged. But think of the chilling impact that has. You show up at some parents' home, you, you, you talk to them because she's in the group Moms for Liberty, as an example. You talk to them. Think of the chilling impact that has on other parents. So that's what we're, we're, we're interested in getting to the bottom of. And, and you, the only way you can hold people accountable and hopefully stop the behavior is to present it to the country. That's what we've got to do. So we're committed to doing it in an aggressive fashion, but in a way that's consistent with the Constitution. Uh, thank you.
3: Thank um, we know that the Department of Justice and FBI has been investigating Hunter Biden since 2018. How do we? How do you know that these uh, claims that you are laying out in your remarks today and some of the examples that you have up here aren't claims that have already been fully investigated uh, by those federal prosecutors?
4: Maybe they have. We don't know.
3: And can I follow up with the um, map that you were referring to? When was that uh, PowerPoint from? That PowerPoint was from... What year do we know exactly?
4: I think it's in your packet, but 2017.
3: So my follow-up there is, you know, if this is from 2017, how, what is the connection to, you know, the current energy crisis now? That, that right really- now,
0: they're uh, they're talking about, uh, I suppose, some um, environmental component, or probably the energy crisis, if you will, that uh, we have. Uh, been placed in by the energy policies of the current administration. But, uh, you know, we did catch just a a bit there, Jim Jordan, talking about FBI and Hunter Biden and so forth. And, And what it sounded like he was saying, and this is, I think, the real, one of the very, very important directions. It isn't so much, while there should be investigations, not even so much about Hunter Biden, but what it was that was that Joe Biden, how was the vice president's office compromised What money was Joe Biden getting because of Hunter Biden through the communist Chinese and the Russians? And and those things do need to be investigated. But the entire FBI component to that, why did the FBI act? Why, as Jim Jordan said, here you have over a dozen FBI agents that has gotten so bad, whistleblowers, that are going to the party that were the minority party. Telling them how corrupt things is, telling them that this institution is being used as a political weapon against the American people. This is where the real, true poison is. This is what makes, unfortunately, our country in ways like Russia. You have these federal agencies that are utilized, willingly, apparently, according to whistleblowers... By the political power structure to go after political enemies. And not just politicians, but as Jim Jordan noted, moms. You have moms that would be part of an organization called Moms for Liberty, you know, the liberty to raise your own children, and they get targeted. Visits by the FBI. That's East Germany stuff. And so, you know, that definitely needs to be exposed. Now, we must be very prepared for the way that this will be presented by the media, and it will be accusations that Republicans are proving that they are actually the ones against law enforcement, that Republicans are trying to stir up threat. We'll start hearing these stories about how there's an increased threat of violence and murder against federal agents. And they will accuse anybody who wants to weed out corruption, anyone who wants to hold accountable those who utilize federal agencies as the sword and shield of the Democrat Party, anyone who wants to hold those people accountable for such immoral, anti-American and illegal actions, they will accuse you of being a danger to our country. I know most of you are not naive to this, but I do think that anytime you're getting on a roller coaster ride, you got to buckle up and have at least a sense of of what's ahead. Roy Blunt on his way out, one of the number of Republicans who have crossed the aisle with senators on the Democrat side like Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Chuck Schumer in order to get the federal government involved in gay marriage by codifying it. Uh, we'll uh talk about that here in just a couple of moments Springfield's Talk 1041 I'm Nick Reed
1: you're listening to
0: Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041 All our building company responsible for brand new development in Ozarks Woodcrest uh, development and in Springfield Woodvale subdivision Golden and Weaver uh currently under development for those folks who don't want to do the remodeling of a new home or even any painting, new painting or anything. You want, when you get in, you turn that key for the very first time. That home is brand new, and everything is exactly how you want it because you picked it all out in their brand new showroom floor. All our building company is for you. O-L-L-E-R. Senate vote 6233 to advance bill that would protect same-sex marriage. And uh, one of the, of course, you have the... Standard Republicans that cozy up to Democrats. you got Kowski Murkowski, Collins, Mitt Romney, Roy Blunt joining in. Roy Blunt also helped Democrats get through the latest gun control anti-Second Amendment legislation. Been a real champion for the people of southwestern Missouri and the state of Missouri as a U.S. senator. real champion for the Constitution. The Republicans who, now, Holly voted no. Of course, this is sold as it always is. It's just about making sure that just because Four people stations. who love Four each minutes other a- are not discriminated against. And that's ultimately what this is all about. Now, yesterday I talked on the issue in a broader scope. And how my belief is federal government should not be involved in anyone's marriage. But There are people who believe that it should Republicans are claiming that the reason that they signed on is because there's language that Democrats just agreed, out of the kindness of their heart, to put in there, that will prevent the Democrats from discriminating against Christians, from coming after Christians. Now, these are the people who, under the Biden administration, have withheld funding for food for underprivileged kids that otherwise would not have breakfast if those schools don't agree to allow boys to use girl locker rooms. Christian schools as well. So you and I are supposed to believe that those same people, that same party, that will deny hungry kids food to push their cause of transgenderism all of the de- all of the sudden decided, you know what, we're going to give all that stuff up, and we're going to, uh, in order to reach across the aisle with Republicans like Roy Blunt, put in protections to prevent us from doing that sort of thing in the future. Roy Blunt is not that naive. He is not that naive to believe that that's actually what this legislation will do, and that from now on... No Christian universities or schools have to worry about being targeted by the left. News 60 Seconds, I'm Nick Reed.